Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Join seven night of the ticket at the Ford Lauderdale Air Show the weekend of May 6th and 7th over the surf and sand of Fort Lauderdale Beach. Featuring demonstrations by the U.S. Air Force F-16 Viper, the U.S. Navy F-A-18F Super Hornet, and the Canadian Air Force Snowbirds. Sponsored by Broward Health, providing the best health care to our community for more than 75 years. For tickets to the air show, visit FortLauderdaleAirShow.com. All right, let's get out to the guest line. This guy's been all over this story from the very beginning as he is all over all stories in South Florida sports. I thought maybe we'd have him on to talk about Pat Riley today, uh, but that's been bumped here. It's very rare where Pat Riley is bumped as a South Florida sports story, but that's what's happened today. Joining us right now on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Stores guest line, they are truly steps beyond convenient from the Miami Herald, Barry Jackson. Barry, thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. Sure thing, Ethan. All right, let's start here. What, what do we know about this ownership group other than it being Jeb and Jeter? Do we know anything at this point? Well, we know that there are other deep-pocketed investors in the group, at least five, I was told. We're not sure who they are. Their names have been closely guarded. But we do know that Jeb will be the control person, which is the phrase used by baseball now. So he will make decisions ultimately. And in that role, he will be essentially the Marlins owner, even if he doesn't have the most invested in the sale. Uh, It's still unclear how much he has invested, but we do know that he's going to be the point person. And I would think the approval process with him would be very quick because he's obviously a known commodity. His brother was involved in major league ownership with the Texas Rangers. Uh, Obviously, everyone who has money in this deal has to be vetted, and that could take several months for the other partners to be vetted by baseball. And, Barry, when you talk about uh, Jeb Bush, and I I guess he would be like the managing general partner, how unusual is that? We did see that with uh, with George with George W. Bush when he owned the Rangers, right? Uh, I think Al Davis had that arrangement with the Raiders, didn't he? Is, is How unusual is this off the top of your head? Yeah, No, I don't think it's terribly unusual. I mean, oftentimes in sports you will see the managing partner be the person who has the most money invested. That's traditionally how it's done. But if Jeff, if Jeb does not have the most money invested, and it's unclear if he does, then I think the people around him are comfortable with him running the franchise. Uh, Look, he knows a lot of rich people, as both of you know. Obviously, he needed a lot of donors for his presidential run. He raised a hell of a lot of money during that run. It ultimately fell uh, way short, of course. But I think finding investors is not going to be difficult for him. Now, the interesting thing to me that I was told today is that Jeter is planning to be involved with the franchise. What that means at this point is not completely clear. I do not expect him to walk in as general manager. Uh, My understanding is that the intention of the Jeb Bush group is to retain Michael Hill as president of baseball operations and Don Mattingly as manager. And I don't think Jeter would be presumptuous enough to come in believing he has the knowledge to run a franchise. That said, he is going to have an involvement. 
Uh, you know, there's always been an affinity that Loria has had, as you guys know, for the Yankees, and that certainly extends to Derek Jeter. He gave him a stadium tour a couple of years ago. He's always held him in high regard. So whether this was the largest bid is not completely clear, but it is clear that Loria had affinity for these people, especially Derek Jeter. Talking to Barry Jackson here from the Miami Herald. Well, Loria made out okay, even if this wasn't the largest bid. I mean, this is still, I know it wasn't the 1.4 that the Kushner group was rumored for, but still uh, pretty close at, at 1-3. How long do you think that this would take? Do, I mean, is Luria still going to be the owner by the All-Star game? I think so. Yeah, I believe it's going to take several months. It might be quicker than some sales just because of Jeb being a known commodity, but because there are other partners, it will take some time. And also, it's going to take a while to write up a contract. You know, these types of transactions, as you guys know, very complicated. There are hundreds of details. So this is a lengthy agreement that has to be written up and then ultimately executed. So that, combined with the baseball vetting process, could take us well into the summer. So I'd be surprised if the team changed hands uh, before the All-Star game. I wouldn't rule it out, but it would be surprising. Loria has always wanted to be able to pump his chest at that event. This was a shining moment for him in his ballpark in mid-July, and I would be surprised if Loria is not there uh, at that time. But I was told that Loria is not going to retain any role in the franchise. I think, guys, you know, he's 76. He just realized that at this stage of his life to get his estate in order, with where he is in his life, he doesn't need this aggravation anymore. I think the years of criticism, both from media members and from fans, has worn on him, even though he's never admitted that publicly. I think he was very much affected by Jose Fernandez's death. I think the years of prolonged losing have certainly affected him. Uh, He did bring the Marlins a World Series title, thanks to Dave Dombrowski and some of the talent that he inherited, but he also has the second-longest postseason drought in baseball ongoing at 13 years. The Seattle Mariners are the only other uh, team with a drought that long. They're they're a year longer than the Marlins drought. So I think all of those factors conspire to put him into a frame of mind that he uh, told his front office, we are selling. And it was just a matter of time before he found a buyer. As far as the other bidders were concerned, I know that a New York businessman named Wayne Rothbaum expressed interest. Uh, He was not prepared to bid at the level that the Marlins wanted. So I don't believe there was a formal offer from Wayne Rothbaum. He did have interest. Uh, the other group that you know had more name renown was a group led by Tag Romney, who was the son of Mitt Romney, the former uh, presidential candidate. And his group included Tom Glavin, the Hall of Fame Atlanta Braves pitcher. Glavin told the uh, Boston Globe over the weekend that he felt very good about Romney's offer, but ultimately it fell short. You know, and Laurie has chosen to go with the Jeb Bush group. Barry, I, I thought when the stadium deal went through that there was some kind of a, a clause or provision about uh, penalties if Loria sold the team by a specific date. Do you remember that, and has that date expired? Yes, the most onerous penalties would have happened within the first five years of opening of the stadium, and we're past that now because it opened in 2012 and we're at 2017. Uh, someone in the mayor's office told my colleague Doug Hanks last year that there would still be a small percentage that was due the county for any sale that was consummated before 2019. But we're talking about a very, very small percentage. And at that point, that official could not give my colleague Doug Hanks specifics on that. So our understanding, based on what that official said in Mayor Jimenez's office, is that there is still something due the county, but it's not anything that's uh, that's 
very large, you know, from our understanding. Talking to Mary Jackson here from the Miami Herald. I guess one of the good things that Luria gets out of this is that these some of these contracts that he signed that were backloaded, he doesn't have to worry about anymore uh, in terms of Stanton, in terms of Chen. Uh, even I think D. Gordon makes, uh, what, $16 million next year. Uh, do, do you think that he, uh, like you said, I, I think it wore, I agree with you that I think it wore on him. All the criticism, uh, that would certainly be normal. You know, the Jose Fernandez situation wore on him. But do you think that he always intended to sell this team sometime around the All-Star break? I think he reached that conclusion sometime in the last year. But, you know, it's clear now that every baseball decision in the last year has been with the thinking that he wanted to make one last run before selling. I mean, just look at the moves they made last year to acquire Andrew Kashner, who was a complete bust. Around the All-Star break, they gave up Josh Naylor, who was their best hitting prospect. They intended to give up Luis Castillo, one of their best pitching prospects, but got him back because Colin Ray had an elbow problem that the Padres never disclosed in the trade. And then uh, just a couple of months ago, trading uh, Luis Castillo and a right-handed reliever uh, who they held in high regard for Dan Straley, which was a win-now move, and that move in the early going has proven to be a good one because Straley's been very good so far. But I think all the thinking all along in backloading contracts had to have been with the thought process that he might sell. I mean, just look at the absurd contracts, guys, that Jeb Bush will inherit. Uh, Wei Yin Chen, you know, who's proven to be a mediocre pitcher here after being a pretty good pitcher in Baltimore, uh, is due $20 million in, 19, in 2019. He's due $22 million in 2020. And then he has a conditional player option for $16 million in 20, uh, 2021. I mean, these are just absurd salaries. Stanton's salary will be between 25 and $32 million for a series of eight or nine years beginning next year. Every year he will make between 25 and $32 million. Martin Prado is going to make $13.5 million next year and $15 million in 2019, when he's probably going to be well past his prime at that point. Uh, D. Gordon goes up uh, next year to $7.5 million, then to $10.5, $13 million, $13.5, and $14 million. Of all of these contracts, the only one that you would say would be good value potentially in two or three years is Yelich, whose deal is very reasonable. And, and the good thing for them is they have J.T. Real Muto, several of their relievers under team control for several more years at lower numbers. But the bottom line is, if they want to keep this group together and supplement it, the payroll is going to have to skyrocket, probably well above $140 million. It's at $120 million now, which is the largest in Marlins history, and it's 20th in baseball, which, as you guys know, is much higher than it usually is, because usually mm-hmm. Marlins payroll ranks in the you know 27th to 30th range. Barry, um, when... When do you think this team realizes the most significant bump from the from the sale of the team, and how does it come? Is it is it the day after in in attendance, or is it when they can finally re, redo a, a new local TV radio deal? When does this new ownership group pay off? Do you think immediately? Well, there will be a honeymoon initially because the new owner is going to be viewed as a hero because Lorio is viewed as such a pariah, right? So there's going to be an initial, uh, an initial wave of popularity for the new owner. But as far as whether it helps the franchise from a financial standpoint, Josh Friedman and I were tossing this around on his show last week, and I know neither of us believe there's going to be a significant boost in attendance just because they have a new owner. I mean, unless Derek Jeter wants to come every night sign autographs, kiss babies, take a couple of at-bats, uh, wander around the stadium, you know, handing out uh, 
uh, hot dogs and condiments. <laughs> I, I just don't see why incentives, you know, why attendance would dramatically increase just because you have a new owner. Now, if winning accompanies that, then sure, there's going to be a spike in attendance. But merely changing owners, I don't think, is going to make an appreciable difference with attendance. Could it spike initially by a thousand or two thousand a game? Sure, but if they're not winning, you know, if they're five to ten games under five hundred. When this ownership change happens, then I don't see why attendance would rise. Barry, Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald. I know you got to get back on this. We appreciate you taking the time with us today. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Perk. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll continue with this. Your phone calls, 786-360-0790. I mean, do you think we'll see a spike in attendance? Also, we want to get into this Pat Riley piece that was written by Wright Thompson. We'll get to some of the excerpts from it here over the next hour. We'll be right back on 790 The Ticket. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.